Seeking mental health care can be overwhelming and even scary, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Dr. Josephine McNary, and I'm committed to making this process easier for you. Each week, my expert guest and I unravel a different form of therapeutic intervention in order to bring comfort and understanding and to help you get back to your true self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I'm pleased to have on as our guest. LCSW and therapist, Rebecca Taibbi. She has been a therapist and parent coach for over 18 years. Throughout her career, she has supported families, individuals, and teens. She loves the authentic connection she gets to build with clients as they heal from trauma, family of origin wounds, and manage daily life stressors. She enjoys bringing humor and spiritual perspectives into the work with clients and feels grateful to get to do this work. Today, we talk about her work with teen mental health and parenting. Welcome, Rebecca. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Today is a really interesting topic to me personally, and I hope to the listeners, because it's a topic that we haven't talked that much about on my podcast, and that's working with teens and the mental health of teens and also parenting those teens. Yep. It's no joke. It's some serious stuff. I'm really happy to get to talk about it with you today. So maybe what I will ask first is what do you like about working with teens? I like so much about working with teens. I love how hilarious teenagers are because the filter is not as strong as it is with us grownups. So they're saying whatever comes to mind. I find it endlessly entertaining. The honesty of teenagers is very refreshing. Their emerging ability to kind of see systems and name it and be fearless is so inspiring to me. And Honestly, I feel personally, if I can win over a teenager in my practice, like I'm doing something right. Cause I think rightfully so teenagers are a little bit skeptical of the therapy process. And so it's really neat for me to get to build an emotional connection with teenagers. One question, and I'm sure this has changed over the years, but what are some common presentations of why someone or a parent might want their teen to come into therapy? Yeah. So I'm based in Los Angeles and Orange County. A lot of the presentation that I get with teens is like, they're coming from high achieving families and they're usually coming to me because the level of anxiety that they're trying to manage is just too much to do that alone. So I'm seeing a lot of anxious presentation, depression, because we live where we live in California. I think a lot of body image, self-esteem, really trying to navigate this world of tech and social media and fit in, but also be authentic. And that's a lot for anyone to try to figure out, but especially in adolescence, it's really, really rough. Yeah. Yeah. Where does conflict with parents fit in there? It's ever present. When I'm working with a teenager, I'm really taking them in and I'm deeply listening. And when I get that opportunity to really listen to a kid, I'm also really hearing their family system through their storytelling. Is it helpful to bring the parents in to the therapy process? That's a really good question. So I have learned in my long career to trust a lot more. So I really trust a teenager and their experience. When a teenager comes into my practice, I'm really just trying to support them. I'll bring parents in when kids are sharing stuff with me, like they're self-harming or they're really suffering with their mental health. I think a lot of times with high achieving families and teenagers, 
what I end up assessing for down the road is actually, are they feeling suicidal because of the level of pressure and perfection that they're trying to internalize to please their families? So that's when I'll start to bring families in is when I'm seeing that a kid is really suffering and they, they need supports. And yes, insight is great to develop in therapy, but a lot of times when you're supporting adolescents, you need that combination of like insight slash emotional connection. And then the behavioral pieces slash discipline and action that I can't do as a therapist. And you really need the parents to start to create that behavioral intervention at home. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, I guess. And maybe also working with teens is this idea of helping them see each other on the same level. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really starting to help parents see how real their kids are. Meaning like this is a real person with their own reality that really actually matters. Like they're having perceptions and perspectives that are truly significant. And so a lot of times I do a lot of family work. It's really helping parents drop in to their listening and also help them get out of their own perfectionism and performance and needing to be like an effective parent and really starting to sit back and also trust their child's process. The other question I have a lot is seeing your teen or adolescent child as an individual, but parents bring with them these specific expectations of what they expect their teen to be like, or just in terms of accomplishments or achievements. So I wonder how you work with that. Yeah, that is a really good question. So this is where I love to move into parent coaching. As much as I enjoy supporting teens, I think parenting work is so rich because a lot of times in adolescence, particularly parents are really discovering how different their child is and how different parenting and family life is. It's like in life, nothing's like we thought it was going to be, right? And so when you're parenting your teenager, you're seeing this isn't anything that I thought it was going to be. This child isn't anything what I thought he was going to be like. And so how do I kind of grieve that and like really make space to grieve that and allow him to be who he is? Yeah. And you bring up this point. I am a parent of a teen and this idea of you remember your teen experience, right? (laughs) And that's all you kind of know. And so it's hard in some ways because that's the view that you're operating from in terms of what a teen life should be, right? Totally. I just picked up work with a girl. She's so lovely and she's navigating so much. I'm really hearing the narrative she uses as she talks to her parents in our sessions because she'll be like, you know, nowadays being a teenager is very different. Nowadays, everything needs to happen instantly or you're not included. And she's not wrong. Like it's so different than when we were teenagers. Everything is so quick, fast, and easy. And the social media pieces are so difficult to navigate for any of us. But when you throw in like puberty and that rapid brain development that's happening in the teen years, it's almost too much to navigate. And I don't think parents and our generation necessarily has the depth of language 
to completely support children in navigating this process. They know more than we do about these things. So it is different. And then I also think a lot of what we do in parent coaching and family therapy is help parents uncover their blind spots or just the wounding from their own teenage experiences or their own families that they grew up in. What am I still carrying with me that's not healed, that I'm projecting? That's probably why I'm having such a big reaction or hiding out as a parent is that my my teenager is reflecting some part of me that still needs to like grow (laughs) and feel better. We talked about parents not having even the language that would be even effective for teens in their generation. What does it mean in terms of thinking about parents feeling ineffective as parents? Yeah, I love that because that is so much of what ultimately I end up supporting in my practice is parents feeling like they're not good enough, that they're inadequate, that they're not effective parents. And I think a lot of that is because there's such a focus on results. And this is typically true of like high achieving families. And so for parents, it's like, I want to know that how I'm parenting is getting me the result that I want. And if I'm not seeing that in my child right away, then I feel like I'm messing up somehow. And so a lot of times when parents find themselves in this place, the best thing to do is to just bring your mindfulness into that moment and notice, okay, this is my stuff. This is my stuff that's showing up. So how do I take care of that? And a lot of times it's just going back to those basic self-care, if we can even call it self-care, but just basic care. Am I getting enough rest? Probably not as a parent ever, but can I find some rest? Am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? I love the HALT acronym with parenting work. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? If I can answer yes to one of those, let me HALT and go take care of that need. If I see that my stuff is getting in the way of my parenting, like I'm not feeling effective, then maybe I need to be less invested in the result and the outcome and more invested in the process with my child. So less attached to expectations. And am I just enjoying the process with them, which would probably be more like just hanging out in the relationship with your teenager. The other thing that I wonder about often is with teens is they want to be so separate from their parents. Parents have a hard time getting in there. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just reminding yourself as a parent that this is so healthy that your child wants to differentiate from you and that they're forming identity. These are the years where it's really supposed to happen and you want it to happen. However, your kid still needs that emotional connection with you. And so if you're looking for ways in, there's a few ways that I like to coach parents to do that. One is in conflict. So when you're in conflict with your kid, a lot of times it's really easy to stay with the content, right? And so you'll hear your kid say like, I hate you. You're the worst. You're making me miserable. And so you'll kind of get that intensity from your child. And it's really easy to like want to blow back with your own reactions When we're looking at emotional connection, even in conflict, ways in would be to just listen for the feeling words and then find your way in. Because you can go around that hamster wheel again and again and again if you stay in the content. But if you go underneath 
and you look for the emotions that your child is sharing, it gives you a little bit more to work with. So if your kid's telling you like, you're making me miserable, you're ruining my life. If I can't go to this party or whatever that looks like, what you can do as a parent is get underneath and say, okay, so I'm hearing you say that you're feeling miserable. What's that like? Tell me more about that. And then you'll probably get more reactivity, right? And pushback and your kids will think you're stupid for trying to talk about feelings. Just stay with it and keep looking for the feeling words so that you can start to get back to emotional connection instead of content. I call it like chasing squirrels where you're trying to pin them down. You're not going to get there with the argument, but you will more likely get there with the feeling. And then a lot of times I know it's somewhat passe because this is like content from the 90s, but I really encourage, and the author isn't totally PC, I do love the five love languages. And there's a book called The Five Love Languages for Teenagers. A lot of times I'll ask parents to just get that book. And there's even an online test you can take. And the five love languages are words of affirmation, physical affection, quality time, acts of service, and gifts. And what you might like, like if I love praise, my kid might not love praise. So I need to find my way in with my child, what's speaking their language. And usually over time, you'll start to experience little shifts. And it's just being patient and playing the long game with these kind of things that really matters. Oh, interesting. You reminded me, I often ask, like, are there certain books or if maybe a parent is listening? of a teen and want to do a little bit more research on their own, what are some good reads that you would suggest for them? I have so many that I love. The first book that I always go to is The Parallel Process by Chrissy Positek. She comes from the wilderness therapy industry. Mm-hmm. It's really written for parents who are navigating a treatment process with their kids Honestly, even if you're not, I think it's such good content because she's really asking parents to be in their own healing process alongside their children. Mm -hmm. And she talks a lot about enmeshment and not rescuing your child, which is really, really hard to do. But she's the guru for me when it comes to those kind of family dynamics. And then I also love The Conscious Parent by Dr. Shafali Sabari. Okay. I will make sure both of those will be on the episode description in addition to your information. If the individual listening might want to learn a little bit more about you, I so I'll make sure all those are on. I feel like I need to read all these books. So before we leave, I wonder if there's anything you want to just leave the listener with, like last words about teens and mental health or parenting. Yeah, that's a big question. I think to try to have as much fun as possible in the process. Enjoy parenting because it goes by really fast. So I hear, and to really delight in who your child is and stay curious about who they are. We learn so much from the young people in our lives and they're really our best teachers and they're really such great mirrors for us. And they point the way of where we need to go next. Great last word. Thank you for being on. I'm so glad you were here to join us today. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Take care. Thank you. This has been Mind Stories with me, Josephine McNary of Cal Psychiatry. 
With online psychiatry in California and 13 offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area, Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, ADHD, anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com and let us help you get back to your true self. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories, and don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.